What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've been talking Rams for about a week now, but it is officially Rams week. The Dolphins are back on the practice field. We're going to hear from Coach Flores, some Dolphins players, including safety Bobby McCain, who is this week's featured guest. We'll get the first Dolphins and Rams injury report for week eight. All of that and more on this Wednesday, October the 28th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And drive Time is brought to you by AutoNation, where Dolphins fans drive pink and helped raise over $25 million for cancer treatment and research. To join the fight, visit the AutoNation store near you or drivepink.com. Before we get to head coach Brian Flores' Wednesday morning media availability, let's go ahead and kick this thing off with the injury report. Fins and Rams on Wednesday, October the 28th for Sunday's game, November the 1st, and we start with your Miami Dolphins. One player did not practice in cornerback Jamal Perry with a foot injury. We had four players, check that, five players who were limited in practice. Defensive tackle Raekwon Davis, safety Bobby McCain, receiver Devontae Parker, tight end Adam Shaheen, and linebacker Kyle Van Noy each were limited. And then we had six players who were full participants on Wednesday's practice. Safety Kayvon Frazier, linebackers Kamu Gruje-Hill and Andrew Van Ginkle, cornerbacks Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and defensive end Shaq Lawson. So Brian Flores met with the South Florida media on Wednesday morning, and first he was asked about an extension that has been agreed upon between the Dolphins and tight end Adam Shaheen, who was acquired this offseason for a seventh-round draft choice. I think he's he's come in, you know, obviously via trade. Um, He's really worked hard. I think he's been productive over the first six weeks of the season. Um, And we just felt like he was somebody we wanted to, uh, you know, keep around for a few more years. And, you know, there's been some discussions ongoing, and, um, those guys were able to strike a deal. So Shaheen extended on Wednesday, and he has joined Mike Gasicki and Durham Smythe in that Dolphins tight end room. Both Gasicki and Smythe drafted in 2018 on four-year deals there, so they have another year after this season on those rookie contracts. So for the foreseeable future here, the Dolphins tight end room is taken care of. And you look at the versatility and, and really what this tight end room is from a makeup standpoint and you've just got versatile players that can do multiple things they can flex out wide they can play in line and how in line is that with the Dolphins core philosophy I think this position really is an extension of the Dolphins core philosophy and the multiplicity and the versatility and the ability to adapt on the week-to-week type of opponent-based game plan basis that Brian Flores, Chan Gailey, Josh Boyer, and the entire Dolphins staff wants to be. You had the San Francisco game. No Durham Smythe in that game, so they rely on both Shaheen and Mike Gesicki. The game prior to that, all three tight ends played more than 20 snaps. You have a different game where you might call for more wide receivers and you can go flexible that way too. So these tight ends, I think, have done a good job. Adam Shaheen's been a really nice boon inside as a blocker, and he's caught a touchdown in each of the last two games. So all three of these guys have the athletic profile with good speed, change of direction, explosiveness, quickness metrics from their combine, and it translates onto the field as professionals so far here with the Miami Dolphins. Up next... 
This will be one of our matchup highlights on tomorrow's Dolphins-Rams preview show here on Drive Time. But on Wednesday, Coach Flores was asked about how the interior of the Dolphins' offensive line handles and matches up with Aaron Donald, one of the best players in the National Football League. Aaron Donald's a great player. I mean, he really is. I think, I think we all know that he's one of the, the best defensive players in the league. And he's consistently been that for a number of years now. But they've got a lot of other good players. Uh, obviously, we, you know, he's probably their best player, but they got a lot of good players there. Floyd, Brockers, John Johnson, uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey. You know, our offensive line, it's not just five on one. I'd let just, just, just be clear on that. Um, they know that. You know, we talked to them about that already. Uh, obviously, we have to play close attention to Aaron Donald, um, and he's a very, very great, play, a very, a great player. But um, you know, they got a very good team over there. I have a lot of respect for for, for Donald, um, but uh, you know, they got some good players over there, and uh, we have to we have to handle all of them because they can all they can all make plays. A lot of talk this week about the Dolphins. Rookie quarterback making his first career start in Tua Tungavailoa. Coach Flores was asked about his discussions this week with his quarterback, with Tua, and the approach of the offense and the game plan to be reliant on all 11 players on offense. I mean, I just think that, you know, each player understands that already. You know, when you're on a team and you're in a locker room and you're in a practice field, I mean, it's pretty, you know, pretty obvious that, you know, if no one blocks for you, that's not going to work out. You know, it's not going to work out for a quarterback or a running back or a receiver or if, you know, somebody lines up incorrectly defensively, you know, they're going to hit a big play. I think it's, to me, those things are obvious. I think, um, you know, especially when you're, when you're, you're in it on a, on a play to play basis. So, um, and we talk about it, you know, extensively, you know, it's not, everyone has to, you know, take care of their response assignment, handle their responsibility uh, for it all to work. It takes 11. So, I mean, it's something we talk about, but I think it's, maybe I'm the lone guy on this, but I think it's pretty obvious you're on the field and, if your O-line doesn't block, you're going to get sacked. If your O-line doesn't block, you're not going to have a good play. If, you know, a receiver just stands there when he's supposed to run a route and you throw it to him, it's going to be incomplete. I think I think we kind of all know and understand everyone's got to do their part. Um, and if we do that, then we give ourselves a chance to be successful. We but talk about consistent messaging there. Coach Flores obviously not going to go away from his his plan, his philosophy that it takes all 11. I think most football coaches feel that way, but Coach Flores definitely driving that point home right there. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with Coach Flores, nice and short and sweet on this Wednesday, with the question about an assumed leadership position for a quarterback coming into the game, even though he's a rookie, even though it's his first start for Tua Tungavailoa. Here's Coach on the natural leadership element of playing quarterback. Tua, I think, um, look, I think it's a leadership position. Uh, so once you step into that role, um, you know, step into the huddle, and everyone's listening to your voice, listening to you, uh, you know, call the play. So, you know, from that standpoint, he's, um, you know, when he's been in there as a second team quarterback, um, he's assumed that role. But I think when you're in there as the as the, the, the number one guy, then um, you assume a little bit bigger role. Um, and that's just natural to the position. I think everyone kind of kind of knows that. Um, but I think he's just being himself, which is. Um, what we try to tell all the players, you know, just be yourself. Don't try to, uh, you know, be somebody you're not and then try to just be authentic. I think that's another thing that's important to the position and really any position. Just be yourself, be authentic, be who you are. Um, and then obviously we all got to bring different uh, uh, different personalities and try to come together on a plate after play after play basis and um, try to execute you know, our fundamentals, our technique and try to have a good play. Um, one good play and then try to string good plays together. 
but specific to Tua and trying to do more. Just being the first, you know, being with the with the first team, that kind of naturally uh, induces a little bit more. Um, but he's, I think he's he's being who he's been, you know, since we got. So there he goes, Coach Brian Flores. We're going to hear from him again tomorrow. Let's go ahead and keep the media availability train rolling here and start with Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, who met with the South Florida media on Wednesday. We're going to hear from him, receiver Isaiah Ford, as well as Adam Shaheen, and we'll finish this podcast up with the Bobby McCain exclusive. But first, let's go ahead and hear from Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. And he was first asked about how he spent his bye week, his first bye week in the National Football League, which also happened to predate his first start coming up Sunday against the Rams. Here's Tua on his bye week. Yeah, I was I was up here a lot. I spent a lot of my time up here at the facility, um, just watching some film, but also working out. I would say, you know, I got with some of the guys as well, just so we could work on some timing um, with certain things, certain routes. Um and really the only off day I had was, was Sunday. And up next, Tua was asked about how he manages expectations. A guy that came out of college, one of the top-rated dual-threat quarterbacks in the nation, goes to a storied program in Alabama, takes over there, wins a national championship, continues to have success there. Number five pick in the NFL draft. Plenty of expectations come with all of that accolades that Tua has accomplished. Here's how he says he manages the expectations and helps to kind of ease himself into these situations. Yeah, well, I, I think what helps for me is, is my family. Um, my family's not too big on, you know, the hype and, and whatnot. It's it's more so just being a good son for them. Um, and, and a lot of the times when I do come home, you know, and I, I talk to my parents on the phone, I mean, they, they don't really necessarily want to know about how football went. They just want to know how everything is with me as a person, just how my day was and um, things like that. But I think what also helps me too is the coaches here and, and my teammates, you know, you, you get joked on and, and whatnot, you know, and, and just the competition you have with, with the guys um, at the facility. Um, so I, I don't think anyone here at this organization um, can kind of get, get too caught up in, in any of the hype. Everyone's just so focused on what they got to do uh, to help the team be successful. Speaking of his family there, Tua did mention last week that the relationship between he and Ryan Fitzpatrick was very much like a father-son relationship, and here he is talking about how that might have adjusted now with their new roles in the offense. It's the same thing as when Fitz was playing. Um, Nothing really feels any different. Now that I'm in, um, you know, the only thing that's different is I'm getting the reps now. Uh, But with Fitz, you know, after series you know and when we have our first team series second team series third team series I come off to the sideline and Fitz always has something that he wants to say to me whether it has to do with protection um, with where he would look at as far as progression reads um, and how he would read certain things out um, that can make it easier for me you know hopefully come time Sunday. And longtime listeners of Drive Time will recall my conversation with Xavier McKinney back at the scouting combine in Indianapolis back in February when I asked him about the conversations that he and Tua would have after practice. I asked Tua the same question here about his practices with Bobby McCain, who had said that Tua approached him after practice to kind of get an idea of his perspective on Tua's game. The best thing for me to do is get into the mind of of those DBs, of those safeties, like what what are they thinking like in a three by one set and, you know, just, just things like that. What, what are some little things that can help me better my game and improve my game? Uh, whether it's my eyes or 
you know, whether it's, you know, staring down a guy and then throwing it somewhere else. Um, it, it's, it's just trying to get a, a little edge on, on what, what to look out for when, you know, it's, it's time for a game situation. Next, Tua was asked about what his leadership plan is, if it's altered at all from playing backup to starter role. What's his leadership plan for Sunday as he takes the huddle for your Miami Dolphins? Well, I think my leadership plan is just to be the same, <laughs> the same Tua I've always been. I, you know, I don't got to go out yelling at guys. That's, that's just not the way I lead. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just going to be me, how I am on the sideline, how I am off the field. I mean, it's pretty much how I'm going to be on the field. You know, there, there might be certain instances where, you know, we, we might get into it a little bit with the receivers or, you know, the linemen. But, I mean, everyone's just so competitive here. That's, that's just the nature of, of how the game goes sometimes. Earlier this week, we talked about the RPO game, the run-pass option game. Daniel Jeremiah's quote that no college quarterback was ever better in the RPO game than Tua Tagovailoa, now a part of your Miami Dolphins offense. And he has a coach, a coordinator now in Chan Gailey, who's coached in the pro game. He's been a head coach, an offensive coordinator. He's been in the college game as both positions as well. Here is Tua on what Chan Gailey provides him as a play caller and a coach on Sundays. Yeah, I think... I mean, you, you look at the resume of, of Chan. <laughs> he's been in the NFL. He's been in college. Um, he's been a head coach. He's been an OC. You know, he, you know this is someone who knows what he's talking about. Um, and he knows what he's talking about when he talks about the defense. And he knows what he's talking about offensively. Um, so for me, it's just a great opportunity to be able to learn under someone like Chan. Um, and, you know, I think the, the really good thing about Chan is, you know, he puts all of us as an offense that he feels like into the best situation um, possible. So whether it's play calls or, um, you know, just trying to maneuver guys in, into areas uh, to put the offense in a, in a good position, you know, I think he does a great job at it. And one more question here for Tua about being a left-handed quarterback. And since my wife writes left-handed but does everything else right-handed, I kind of knew this about lefties, but Tua apparently does everything else with his right hand. Yeah, I I do everything right. Um, you know, I, I eat with my right. You know, swing the, the bat with my right, golf with my right, do all of that. Um, but anything that has to do with shooting, throwing, it's left. And I think uh, lefties are so rare in football uh, because all of them are in baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I, I I think that's why it's so rare. Um, it's also probably a lot difficult. Um, as probably an OC um, and probably a little difficult for the receivers as well, because the ball spins a different way. Um, but, you know, luckily I'm surrounded by professionals that, <laughs> that can adjust pretty quick to, to the ball. Uh, so, and up next, we're going to hear from Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen, who agreed to a contract extension today with the Miami Dolphins. And here's one of my favorite parts about sports and football in general. You're going to hear Adam talk about here the, the smile on his face you hear, the laugh you hear over the audio, talking about his contract and that first check he gets. <laughs> I'll just put it away, probably. Maybe we'll bust it out after the season's over. We still got work to do. And an appropriate follow-up question for Adam about kind of finding his home in Miami after the trade this summer from Chicago, spending the first three years of his career there with the Bears, and now coming here to Miami. Uh, you know, just, you know, after the trade, just really kept working, kept getting healthier, and just, you know, had a great opportunity, and I've tried to make the most of that, and, you know, it's worked out so far, so 
but still got a lot of work to do, like I said. Up next, we're going to hear from another Dolphins pass catcher who will catch passes from Tua on Sunday. Isaiah Ford was asked about Tua's transition into the starting role, how he's approached it, and how he's been perceived as far as the way he conducts himself as the starter this week in practice, opposed to previously being the backup behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, um, I think he's done a, a great job at um, observing the things that Fitz does, whether it's um, things like that, taking command of the huddle or coming to us um, outside of the huddle when we're on the side and just seeing, talking through things or what we're seeing and kind of getting on the same page. Um, so I think he kind of brings his own uh, charisma or comfort level of comfortness that he has in the huddle where he's coming in and kind of taking command and control of everything. So. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with Isaiah with a question about catching a pass from a left-handed quarterback compared to a right-handed quarterback. It's, I think it's just about um, seeing it all the way in your hands, you know, and I think that's something that um, most receivers will go back to maybe if they have a drop or anything like that is getting back, back to the basics, watching the ball all the way to your hands, securing it with your eyes and to the tuck. So I think it'll just be maybe a little more focusing on that. And then once you're out there in the Florida game and everything, that all takes care of itself. And there you have your media from this Wednesday here on the Drive Time Podcast. Let's go ahead and finish up this edition of Drive Time with my exclusive interview with Dolphin Safety and Captain Bobby McCain. And joining me now on the Drive Time Podcast is Dolphin Safety, Dolphins Captain. He's the longest tenured defender on this Miami Dolphins defense. Bobby McCain. Bobby, how you doing, man? Not too bad. So I had I had a, your your position counterpart there, Eric Rowe, on a couple weeks back, and I, I always ask Eric, you know, how you feeling, man? Like back in training camp, he was telling me I'm feeling sore, I'm ready to go, but I'm feeling sore. Then I asked him after a game how he's feeling. He said even more sore. So I'll put the same question to you after the bye week. How you feeling, man? Feeling good, feeling refreshed, feeling recharged. It's a good time to take care of your body. I love to take care of all the bumps and bruises you got. Um, you know, and for locking on this ten game stretch we're about to have. What does a bye week look like for you normally and this year with, you know, COVID-19 in, in place? Normally on the bye, I try to get out of town. Uh, I try to get out of town for a couple of days and relax my mind, go somewhere real nice on an island or the beach somewhere or just somewhere where you can, um, you know, just enjoy yourself and relax your mind. But due to COVID, you know, I was able to just be at home and, and uh, you know, I wasn't able to do too much. But, you know, at least it's a good time to relax and not have to think about, you know, the game plan every day and just um, – you know, be able to get a step ahead of the Rams. Now, I would never try to intrude on where your island vacation goes to, but I'm just curious because I'm new to the area, Bobby. Where are the prime beaches in South Florida? Maybe maybe it's the Bahamas. Maybe it's somewhere off the coast. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, the Bahamas are real nice. Uh, for me, it's for a lot of the beach because um, I, I stay like maybe six, seven minutes away. So for me, it's for a lot of the beach and uh, just going out in the sand and just relaxing it. Having a cabana, or not a cabana, but a you know chair cabana, whatever you want to call it, umbrella. Um, you know, staying away from people is really the biggest thing you have to do due to COVID. So um, being in your own space and understanding that you know it's, it's bigger than just you. So uh, definitely pull out of the beach out with us. Well, that's that's part of the stuff I want to talk about here in just one second, Bobby. Talking about knowing that it is bigger than you, knowing that you you really have fifty three players and a bunch of coaches and practice squad guys that you're responsible for, and the Dolphins coaching staff certainly talks about you in high regards as far as the way you you conduct yourself and your leadership. We'll get to that here in just one second. But now I know you're a pretty big baseball guy, but I got to ask you, who were you rooting for in that World Series the other night? Uh, I like the Dodgers. I always like the Dodgers. Uh, they've always had a good team to me. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has always been a really good pitcher, so he's been a, you know, I figured they would close it out. But 
I, um, you know, I'm happy they won. I'm happy they got another championship. And, I is, mean, is that your team, like, for for any any given season? No, no, my, I like the, my favorite team is the Yankees. Okay, okay. Yeah. I grew up a Mariners fan, so back in my in my heyday in the '90s, that that Yankees and Mariners rivalry was pretty fun with with Griffey and all the boys up there in New York. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you, you played some ball in college, right? Some baseball. No, not a lot. <laughs> but you were at that level, though. You were good enough to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think we had this conversation back in the summer, Bobby. But I always like to go back to it. Um, I I always just assume that you played center field because you, you kind of play center field in football. But you didn't, right? You played something else. Yeah, I played catcher. And what was, like, I suppose, like, there, there's a certain stereotype for a catcher, right? Like, the big, burly guy, the, the biggest, maybe maybe even the fattest guy on the team. I, I won't call you that, but that's not you. So, like, where, how did you get into catching? Uh, because, you, really, people don't understand, like, even those big guys that are catchers and the, the, the stereotypical catchers, they actually have really, really quick feet. And they can move really well. They're really agile. They have to be able to block up at the plate. Um, you know, block the balls in the dirt, have a good pop time, second base, um, throw runners out and whatnot. So they're actually pretty agile. They're really quick. They have really, really quick feet. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, those those snap throws to first, and like you said, getting the ball to second base. That's that's a good point. So you you welcome the challenge of like blocking that curveball in the dirt with a runner on third base. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 go time. That's always a big play for him. Yeah, go time is right, especially for that runner on third base looking to to steal a run ninety feet away. Now playing catcher, there's a lot of communication involved there. Um, we talked a little bit, you know, off air about the communication skill set that you've developed over the course of your time here. Would you attribute some of that to your baseball days and playing catcher and kind of having that pitcher catcher uh, battery mindset? Oh, definitely, definitely. With all sports uh, that I've really played, baseball and football, you have to be able to, you know, be in control and, and lead guys and understand where guys are supposed to be and what's supposed to happen. So it's kind of just um, just something I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to. And is is baseball and football the only sports you play, or did you play some hoop too? Uh, I, can, I can definitely hoop, but I didn't really play in, in high school. Okay, okay, I believe it. So, you know, one, one thing, Bobby, that I've always, you know, the thing I love about sports is I think that there are so many – parallels and life lessons from sports and, and how you apply those to your actual life. Would you agree with that? And, and can you say like, there's any specific moment that you can look back on and say, man, sports really helped me get through that. Oh uh, yeah. Just growing up as a kid, there's several moments that I have where sports just helped me, uh, teach me responsibility, teach me, teaches you to be on time. Um, it teaches you accountability, be accountability to your, to yourself and to your teammates. So, you know, there's several moments that I've had where I can look back and say, man, that made me a better player, made me a better man, and, uh, you, know, hope, uh, you know, hopefully one day a better husband and father. So. And one thing I, I spoke to, to Josh Boyer about this week was he mentioned a, a personality that can kind of evolve and, and get along with, with any kind of personality you have in that locker room. And I, that's another thing I think is great about sports is you really develop those friendships and that camaraderie. And I'm curious to ask you because, you know, I'm sure that in a, a 53-man locker room, you probably have a wide range of personalities. If you had to put, like, two guys on either end of the spectrum as far as who might be the most different from one another, who would those guys be in that locker room? Like, I'm talking, like, Zach Sealer is the RV-living, alligator-hunting dude. Who's the guy that would be, like, most different from that? And is it Zach Sealer? Is it somebody else? Who are the guys that are most on the opposite ends of the personality spectrum in that Dolphins locker room? Um, it's probably Durham Smythe or Zach Sealer, one of those two, uh, compared to, uh, let's say, Xavier Howard or Shaq Lawson. 
those two opposite, uh, definitely two opposite ends of the spectrum. So, um, you know, one group is, is quiet and, you know, they come to work every day and, you know, the other group comes to work every day as well, but not as much quiet. So, but they're a lot of fun. Both groups are a lot of fun to be around and uh, they're all good football players. The, the Durham Smythe uh, mentioned there is perfect because Coach George Godsey always talks about how he's quiet, keeps to himself, doesn't really say a whole lot, and plays a position where he doesn't get a whole lot of love and recognition, but you guys there in the building definitely appreciate him for that. And speaking of the tight end room, Adam Shaheen just got himself a new contract, but I mentioned off the top of the of the show that you've been the longest tenured Dolphins defender here. What does it mean to you to be a Dolphin, to be a Miami Dolphin, and to be here for now in your sixth season? Um, you know, it's, it's just a blessing, incredible blessing. Um, you know, I never take it for granted. I come to work every day to get better each and every week, and um, that's the best. That's, I mean, to be honest, that's, that's what you. That's what every, That's how everybody's mindset should be. It's definitely. You know, there's a lot. There's several hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people, even that want to be in your shoes. So, don't take it for granted. Uh, you know, come in ready to work and come in ready to be better each and every day. And you're coming up on 80 career games played, Bobby, in Miami. I'm sure that's that's probably a shock to you to hear, as as it is for someone like me that, that remembers the day you got drafted in the fifth round out of Memphis and, and, and thinking, man, the Dolphins just got a steal in the fifth round there. What have you learned about yourself both personally and professionally now in six years as a professional football player? Um, Just, you know, you got to keep going. You know, I don't really like to – you know, when, when it comes to, you know, thinking about where I've been and, you know, just doing – to me, to me, to be honest, like it's just about like being better each and every day, each and every week, man. Because if you do that, if you consistently get better each and every week. I know people get tired. Of, I know the media get tired of me saying it. But like, if you can get better each and every week. Like, what more can you complain about? There's not too much you can complain about if a guy's getting better each and every week throughout the season. So, um, if you can do that, and uh, you know it's a long season ahead, um, you know you'll it'll it'll come out um, at the end of the year. You'll look up and you'll be right where you want to be. I mean, there's a reason they're cliches, right? Because they're they're true for the most part. They are. Yeah. They are for yeah. the most part. No, yeah, I, I appreciate that about you, Bobby. The, the honesty and the and the, the the grit and the desire to get better every day. Would you say that that's kind of maybe part of the reason why you were successful in rising to the challenge of changing positions? And and can you just kind of talk about that conversation you had with Coach Flores when he said, "Hey, we want you to play some safety and and play in that that new position that you played a little bit of safety prior to that." But what was that initial conversation like with Coach Flores when you guys first talked about the idea of changing positions? Um, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I like to think of it, you know, they, they brought us in, they told us, um, they brought us in, um, you know, they, they told me that I was going to be playing safety and, you know, ever since then, I've just been looking at it through that, through that vision and, uh, just trying to be better through that vision. There's, you know, you don't have too much to say, you don't have too much to say so, um, you know, when, uh, especially when the head coach brings you in and tells you what you're doing. So you've got to be better and, and be good at it. I have one more question for you here, Bobby, and it refers to a food that your home, that your college town is, is best known for, you know, going to Memphis there. Uh, we have that Mission Barbecue restaurant across the street from the facility here in Davie. I've been there a few times. I think it's great, but I also get a lot of, of, of bite back saying, hey, you got to taste real barbecue. Is Memphis where the real barbecue is at? Oh, uh, definitely. Definitely Memphis is where the real barbecue is at. And, um, you know, it's always really good. The dry rub, the... Um, However you want it, man. They got it, and you can have it. Any like it's, it's Memphis is definitely Memphis and Alabama. Don't get it twisted. I've got well. <laughs> I'm gonna take but your word for it. Is what is what's what's your go-to food here in South Florida? Because I I've got a few restaurants I've picked up over my time. It's it's been less than a year for me. What's the best place to go eat here in South Florida? One of my favorite spots is um, SCK, um in in Miami. A couple spots in Fort Lauderdale, um, Lobster Bar. Um, 
Rocco's Tacos is a quick one that can get you full. Uh, S3 Sun Serpent Sand on the beach. There's a couple good spots down here. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down all of those and, and go check them out here at some point when we're allowed to get back out in the public eye. Bobby McCain, Dolphin Safety, appreciate your time today, man. I know you're busy. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. And there he goes, Dolphin safety, Bobby McCain, the captain of this defense, one of the longtime leaders of your Miami Dolphins defense. Good to catch up with him. Looking forward to watching him play on Sunday and this Dolphins team on Sunday against the Rams. We're going to preview that game on tomorrow's edition of Drive Time, so do not forget to check that out, as well as the written piece up on MiamiDolphins.com. And that brings us to our time today. That's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast as well as MiamiDolphins.com. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Until next time, fins up.